podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to a brand new Anfield Talk podcast. I am your host Ben and today I am joined by Dylan. How are you, mate? Yeah, hi there, Ben. It's good to be back on the podcast. It's been such a great month to be a Liverpool fan. And now we're entering the last month of the season where so much can happen. So many players' legacies on the line. We have, I'm so up for it. I can't wait, honestly. Yeah, it's, mate, it's been such a good last two weeks or so, hasn't it? But we'll get into it and the reasons as to why we're all so happy right now. But we've also got Connor joining me once again. How are you, mate? Yes, mate. All good. Thank you for having me back. And I'll reiterate it. What a, what a month to to be a Liverpool fan and, and so much still left on the line. So, yeah, looking forward to the next month or so and what it, what it will bring. Absolutely, mate. Um, and <laughs> I'm just cheekily watching Fulham versus Luton on the sly whilst we're recording and Fabio Carvalho's <laughs> just scored a beautiful <laughs> goal. No yeah, okay, that's he's just good. got a really nice goal. So just thought I'd start off by that. Uh, lovely little flick by Harry Wilson, to be fair, and it's a lovely composed finish from Carvalho. So a goal made in Liverpool, some would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll get Probably on to time. Fabio. Yeah, we'll get on to Fabio. I'm, I'm sure at some point in this in this pod. Um, I don't know if we've met. We've spoken about him before, haven't we? But yeah, it's all done. And uh, he will be a Liverpool player in the summer. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to the announcement, really. But, boys, first things first, um, Liverpool have just beaten Newcastle United 1-0 away from home. Just going to come to you boys quickly to start things off from, like, the beginning. Um, so, Dylan, I want to hear from you first. When the lineup came out, because a lot of people, I don't know if you you get involved in spaces that much, but... I, I host with Aaron on the, the Anfield Talk and we had so many people coming in saying, why is he playing Joe Gomez at right back? Why is Mona playing? Has Klopp lost his mind? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, guys, chill. Like, the game's not even kicked off. And like Klopp signed a new deal three days ago and everyone was like, oh yeah, we'll trust this man forever. Blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as he rotates the squad drastically, Everyone's crying again. So, how did you feel about that lineup? And was you confident that the team he picked to play Newcastle in a must-win game was going to get the job done? I think it was a mixture of a few things, to be honest, Ben. Um, first of all, people just have this thing now with James Milner after the Chelsea game uh, when we lost with a two-nil lead. They just have a thing with him starting games, like rather than him being that sub that comes on in the 70th minute. And then, uh, second of all, of course, Newcastle—they were like seriously on form and we were playing at their ground. So, and um, to be honest, I wasn't really that nervous when the, when the lineup came out, uh, especially with Joe Gomez at right back. I'm really starting to trust him there. I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. I think he is providing some great depth, like really, really great performance, really solid. I was actually really impressed with him, to be honest. Um, but that's the thing, guys. You guys just have to back clock with these decisions. We're past that stage now in January where we were bottling leads. We're now, we now have such control of games like we can go to Newcastle's pretty much fortress at the moment and uh, be in cruise control because, to be honest, they didn't really test us that much. It was just outcome bias of their, them scoring an offside goal and people saying, all right, they dominated us. They deserve to get a result. But, yeah, what did you guys think of the lineup? Yeah, so I'll I'll go after after Connor's given his um, his thoughts and feelings and yeah, I'll wrap up. So, yeah, same thing with you, mate. Um, like I just mentioned, people weren't happy with Gomez for whatever reason, and Milner and Salah obviously not starting. But are you the same? Did you feel like whatever team clock puts out, we're going to get the job done, or did you have any Yeah, I'm in that now. We're, we're just in that sort of form where whichever team that clock puts out, I just know we're going to get the job done. Because these players right now are putting 110% into every single game. It's it doesn't feel real that like we can just play midweek in a semi-final, like win 2-0, then go to uh, Newcastle, one of the most uh, informed teams in the league right now, in their stadium, and then be in cruise control, like dominate the game. Um, yeah. Yeah, Connor, your thoughts, mate? 
I completely agree. I think I think we spoke about it before the podcast we started. You know, there's that sense of nerves because you know we made I think we've made five changes from from Villarreal on the Wednesday, and you're coming up against uh, a Newcastle side that has the third best form currently behind obviously uh, us and City. Gomez, I'm not that worried about. I've always said that I've always been an avid believer that Gomez is good at right back. I think Milner wasn't a problem to me either because you know. Man's 30, I believe it's 36, I believe. I'm not, oh, mm-hmm. I keep always forget. But he's such an amazing athlete and such an amazing character that you know as soon as he steps on the field for us, he'll get the job done. The, the only the only nervous thing that, the only thing that I sort of thought about before the game was, you know, Newcastle had won six consecutive home games at St. James's Park before they come up against us. And it's always that sort of doubt in the back head you know yes they've got the backing now they've got the money and they've got all these things that will make them into a good side in in five ten years to come so it was always in the back of my head you know that's a game where they want to prove that it's not just money that they can they can win games they can get results but we've done the job with it was always sort of a given they they pressed early they they put a lot of pressure on us we made a few mistakes in the early stage of the game but when you think about how composed Naby Keita was with the goal, and obviously I'm sure we'll get into that, mm-hmm. you sort of knew as soon as he scored that goal, you thought, okay, we're in the running here. It's now we can either sit back and, and let them press or we could keep going. And we showed in, in, in phases that we kept going at them. And we were just unlucky to not score, really. It was chances that sort of went begging as such. Yeah, I agree. There's a few chances that stick out uh, from the top of my head. A couple from Mane. There was a Jota header, I think. Um, the Salah counter-attack on another day, you know, he scores from that. So, yeah, we could have easily scored by, you know, one by one or one, sorry. And we probably should have. But I did predict a 1-0 win. I thought it was going to be exactly the game we got. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I agree with everything you guys have said. When the lineup came out, I said, if this man has not gained your trust at this point like he never will because he's earned the license to put whatever team he wants out there for me and you know I'll back it like Barcelona we had Origi and Shaqiri uh, leading our attack and we won 4-0 so it was from that day really where I just thought you know what whatever Klopp wants to do from now on I don't care you can do whatever he wants and the, the, the changes he made I understood them anyway Gomez coming in for Trent like Trent's played probably from the top of my head, 95% of our games this season. Um, and you've got two Champions League games, two very important Champions League games either side. So, you know, I, I I wouldn't say I expected him to be dropped for that game, but I could see it coming. Same with Salah. And the Milner one was a surprise, to be fair. I, I'll give them that. But even then, like, OK, we, we don't necessarily want Milner to be starting games for us consistently, but if he comes in for the odd game away at Newcastle, you know, Milner knows how how important that game is. And obviously he knows Newcastle well from his time there uh, when he was a lot younger. So look, I don't care. Like Milner was exceptional as well, by the way, he made some people eat their words um, pretty much. Yeah. He he was their man of the match. Don't think he was my man of the match. And I don't think he was Liverpool's man of the match, but like Connor said, we will get onto that. Um, But Milner was, yeah, he, he rolled it back to, or ran it back as they say to um, like 16, 17 James Milner. So, yeah, he was exceptional. But like I say, whatever team Klopp puts out now, like we're getting to the business end of the season, you just got to trust him. And uh, I did trust him and I can, you know, I can just go out there with my head held high and say that I never doubted this one. I'm sure you boys never did either. So, yeah, that's all on that. But, um. Yeah, who who did you guys think were the, the top performers in this game to to get us this win? Because obviously, we've got to talk about the goal scorer, right? Naby Keita, um, he's had his critics amongst Liverpool fans, which I think has been ridiculous. And I've been very vocal on that. I've argued with Liverpool fans for years now about Naby Keita. Oh, sell him, he's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. If you think this guy's not good enough, and, you know, Dylan, I'm going to come to you, mate. If you think Naby is not good enough for this team, like... You're a bit silly, right? No, exactly. He's one of my favourite Liverpool players, yeah. to be honest, ever since he's joined the club. It hurts that um, he hasn't got to hit the level that we've wanted to so far. But right now, it's it feels like it's starting to click. It started clicking at the end of the 2018-19 season. But then he had that injury against Barcelona. But yeah. it's, 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 it's I just feel like it's really starting to click now with him. I don't know about you guys, but um, just the form he's showing... 
and the availability as well, which he's really struggled with over the past two years, that's starting to show now as well. He's actually becoming a reliable central midfielder to partner Thiago with. And before we were talking about Klopp was using Thiago and uh, Cater to like, accommodate each other for fitness. But now we can actually play them together because they are being really reliable when it comes to uh, match minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, we look, I'm one of the biggest Naby Keita fans. You'll come across, like like you say, ever since he came in, I've been a big fan of him. Um, I was so excited when he came in and when we were linked with him, I started watching Leipzig games thinking this guy is ridiculous and obviously the injuries haven't helped him at all. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know he's been the most consistent player in the world since he's come, but I do feel like his injuries have stopped him from doing that. And when he has played pretty much more often than not, he has been brilliant and he has put in good performances. Um, but Connor, yeah, Naby Keita, mate. I mean, now that he we are seeing him getting games consistently, do you feel like he's almost not undroppable, but a, a big, big role to play in this Liverpool side? Yeah, definitely. I think he's probably the man behind the 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 main three, as such as as, as people call it. You've got Thiago, Fabinho, Anderson. When he's injury-free and he's had a largely injury-free calendar year, he's been exceptional. And he does ask the question of, you know, with that 2-0 head start that we have against Villarreal in the, in the week, you know, he may get a look in to start. It's never been it's never been a concern about the ability of KT, you know, when he was at Leipzig, like you, Ben, I watched a few games, I watched a few clips of him. And he was incredible to watch. He's a very nice player. He's very good at the ball. And the way he sat Debravka down on, on Saturday did make me, I you was know, sat in the car and I, I got a few goosebumps the way, you know, how calm he was. And, and yeah. you see players, you know, who aren't as experienced or aren't as talented as that, that will crumble in that situation. You know, as soon as he beats Debravka, he's still got a lot to do. I think they had, I think they had three people on, on, on the line when he shot, you know, and that takes a lot of guts and, a lot of confidence as such. And you can see the confidence flowing through him now. You know, there's times in the year where he hasn't been as confident. You know, he's taken his time to grow into games. He's he's struggled on occasions, but you can see the confidence now in this man and you can and you can see that he's starting to develop into a footballer that will work well for us moving forward. He's one of the players that I really want to keep hold of in the summer. I don't want to see him leave. We could talk about our midfield all day long. I think our our midfield is probably the best in, in the league at the moment. And I know City have a great midfield as well. But just the con- the consistency of us this year has been phenomenal. And it all comes down to that, that midfield role. And obviously when Thiago was out injured, he came in, he played well. And the rotation of that, of that midfield is so good. And I think for me, there were so many... Players on on Saturday had good games, you know Andy Robertson and Luis Diaz, two to mention as well, who were phenomenal. I mean Diaz is just, oh, if we didn't grab him in, in January, it might have been a completely different story. But no, Kato was ex- exceptional on on Saturday, and I think he definitely now gets a look in to to start to start tomorrow. Yeah, mate, I, I, I second everything you've said and. Um, I just hope he gets a new deal. To be fair, because there's been a lot of talk of new players getting new deals. Um, I think Milner's the most recent one that's come out the last couple of days. I really hope he deserve, he gets one, and I, I think he's deserving one after this season. I'm touching wood when I say this, um, but he's you know he's staying fit, which is the main thing with Naby. Like Klopp said it in his press conference today, the ability in this lad was never a problem, and I've been saying that to so many people, like on spaces and you know just on on social media, but they've been always he telling me like, problem yeah. That's the when thing. It really like, is availability. Exactly, mate. You've nailed it. And I've been telling them, like, please just give this lad a chance. Like, I know his injuries are frustrating. And I've never denied that. I've always said, if you if you don't want him because he's injured all the time, then that's a fair statement. Like, you know, I kind of agree. However, you cannot say that he's not good enough for this club because what he's doing right now with Thiago, it, it's unreal. And it's getting us through games. When we didn't have these guys, and I always use this one as an example, the Brighton game, when Naby was on the pitch, we were 2-0 up, we was cruising the game, Naby gets injured, Oxley chamberlain comes on, and then we capitulate, and the midfield is literally non-existent anymore. Like, they literally walked for our midfield for the rest of the game. Um, and all the games this season that we've drawn or we've lost in, if you look at the midfield, most of them haven't had Thiago or Naby in there, so... 
that's just a thought to to think about. And you know, these guys are like I said, they're showing us that you know they they've kind of got over their fitness issues again. I'm touching wood when I say this because I, I don't want to jinx so anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, the they're playing pretty much every week now, at least one of them, or even sometimes to both of them, which is really good when when we see that. But yeah, I'm I'm very excited for these guys, and obviously to add to that. Um, midfield selection next summer, hopefully, which we'll get onto later, will be unreal as well. Um, just one more player I want to talk about for, from this game, which somebody mentioned earlier, Joey G at right back. Um, Dylan, if Joe Gomez is happy to play this role, which we don't know if he is, we don't know if he's going to want to play more minutes, start for a team every week. But do you think like he's the perfect player to be transunderstood? I just feel like he's these past two games that he's played at right back is to fill into trends. Watford he got that crucial first assist mm-hmm. after we were like on um on the ropes a bit. And then against Newcastle, he really saw out the game maturely, I believe. Um I wanna just talk about his mentality though, because I really do think it's underappreciated and not talked about. He was the centre back partnership for Van Dyke. 2018-2019, he got a huge injury. Uh, players that don't come don't come back from this injury, but he did. And then he led us to the title in uh, our t- in 2019 and 2020. When Van Dijk and Gomez were in that centre-back partnership, we did not concede. Like We conceded three goals in that time when he came back into the side. He then got injured again uh, over, uh, towards the end of the season. And then uh, when he finally had the chance to step out of Van Dijk's shadow, some some absolute prick on the England set, uh, in England like injured him, uh, mm-hmm. and Gareth Southgate described it as career ending potentially. He's then come back and has now reinvented himself as a right back. I I really feel like it should be talked about more how uh, someone's mentality is so good to come back from all these injuries and it's obvious now he's not going to fulfil his potential but he's he's coping well and um, as you said Ben I I do think he can reinvent himself into that position. Uh, right back. Yeah, mate. It's just like I say, the case of whether he wants to do that. Um, obviously, Gomez has fallen out of favour with the England squad a little bit since his injuries, and I'm not sure if that's going to get him back in. So my only thing with Gomez is if he wants to play internationally, if he wants to get back in that settle, because I can't help but think, and Connor, I want to get your thoughts on this. If if he's fit, right? If you look at the players that are getting into the England setup. Harry Maguire, Connor Cody, just to name two. Joe Gomez is easily as good, if not much better than those two, right? So do you think that, do you, are you worried basically that he's, he might want to leave or do you think that he, he could be happy to stay here and be called upon when he's needed to? I've, I read an article the, this morning when I woke up and it was it was talking about obviously his links with Villa and then and being with Steve, Steven Gerrard. Yeah. And I, I don't think it would be a green light on, on our on our databases, but obviously they said that, it, you know, it wasn't looking as if he was going to go to Villa, it looked like he was going to stay here unless a club a club that could offer him uh, European football come in. It, it's always it's always hard to talk about a player that's come back from injury because, and like Dylan said, and like you reiterated as well, the attitude of a player when they come back from injury is really what determines how that person's going to play. You know, if you come back from injury and you're all oh, worries me, I've I've been through this massive injury and you never really get back to the standard that you were playing, you you struggle. You know, he's not in the England contention mainly because of his injury, but also the fact that he is not. I don't believe he's getting the minutes to to get his England contention. Now, if he's happy with with being the or being and bringing the impact that he brings, then so be it. But he has to think about, I think what he has to think about long term is, does he want to play for England? You know, if he goes into England as a right back and Southgate sees him as a right back, how much international football would he play? You know, when you've got the likes of Kieran Trippier, obviously at Newcastle, and you've obviously got our main man, you know, Trent, does he get in that side? And then you think as well, the position that Maguire has at Man United being club captain, does he get in front of him? Probably not at the moment. And then Connor Cody, as you mentioned as well, Wolves captain. Do you get in front of leaders like that when you only get the minutes that, that you get? Obviously, Dylan said his game against Watford and the assist that he got, you know, remark and he's played well. And it's nice to see in short spells that we've seen him since he's come back, 
that he is performing well and he's playing well and he, you bring him into a side and you don't feel that sense to be like, oh no, Joe Gomez is playing. You, you say to yourself, yeah, Joe Gomez is playing and we're happy with that. You know, what, what people are forgetting is that we've lost three games since November. That's it. You know, we lost to West Ham, we lost to Leicester and we lost, all oh, season, sorry. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we lost to Leicester and we lost to West Ham, obviously, unfortunately, and, and that game against Inter, but that's not important, you know. It's hard for a player of his calibre to come into a side that are doing so well and they're performing week in, week out and are making us feel the best we've ever felt as a Liverpool fan. You know, there's not many people of our generation and of our age who can say they've seen a better Liverpool side than this. Obviously, you can talk about your Steven Gerrard, the Luis Suarez, the, the generation that we had there, but I believe at the moment this side is is the best side that I've ever seen and probably the best side my dad's ever seen, you know, and he's, what, 40? And he said it himself. Yeah. You know, obviously I've gone off on a tangent a little bit there, but it all depends on his mentality and his attitude. I believe the the Klopp extension will turn players' heads. Not just the players that we have currently, but the players that are looking to come to Liverpool. I think when and and what clubs get wrong is they put players above the manager. Where with our situation and where we're from and where we sort of are good is that no one is bigger than Klopp. When you have people and, and figures like your Ronaldo, you know, how many times do we talk about Ronaldo and, and not Ragnik? There's more conversations mm. about a player than there is a manager. Here, it's about a manager, and no one's higher than the manager. And I think that's important to think about as well when we think about players that will renew their contracts. Cater, I really hope he does. Gomez, I hope we keep him because he's a great squad rotational player, and he's good for us moving forward. And there's always that you can depend on him, like you can depend on your Naby Caters, your James Milners, um, and and obviously the the front three that we've got, and then the the product behind that. I think yeah, I, I really hope he stays. Obviously, if the Villa if the Villa situation's true and that he doesn't look to doesn't want to leave, then it's very positive for us moving forward. And and it's a great time to be a Liverpool fan. Yeah, absolutely, you're spot on. Uh, especially about the Klopp um, Klopp extension, which we've not really touched on much. But um, yeah, I, I feel like that's massive in terms of the uncertainty. Like even as fans, not just the players, but We've been sat here thinking, like, what the heck's going to happen after? Is Gerald going to come in? Is it going to be Pep Lingers? Is it going to be somebody we've not even thought about? But now we don't even have to think about that for another five years. So it's really good to to have that, you know, security, like I say. Um, and as ter- in terms of the players, then I, I agree. Like, maybe there was a reason Salah's not signed a deal yet. Maybe, you know, this is going to be a decisive factor, um, you know, that he's going to feel safe with Klopp more, being around. He said it's like not down to money it's down to something else and this could generally yeah. be it yeah. yeah we all hope it and you know we, we all hope that maybe like after the season because I wouldn't expect things like that to be announced now I think the clock thing was amazing timing and maybe it was planned by the club to announce that and then just see the the fans believe even more the fans embrace the manager and the team even more and just have this sense of positive positivity flowing amongst the camp I think that that was something they may have looked at and it was unbelievable timing. I mean, the day that that happened, um, the morning I woke up and Paul George had written something that Liverpool are starting to hold talks about it. And then six hours later, it was signed, sealed, delivered. And I want to get your guys' opinion on this. We haven't got this in the notes, but I just thought it would be good for for a minute or two to just say like how much we adore this man and how um, happy and relieved we are that he's going to stay. So, Dylan, where was you when you when you saw this news, and you know how how excited was you when when you read it? I was at work, to be honest. I just <laughs> saw my phone, phone, Twitter explodes. Like everyone's talking about Jurgen Klopp. Like, what's happened? What's happened? And then I look, and then I see uh, Paul Joyce. I tweeted, I'm like, I'm honestly so happy because if we're looking at it beforehand, he was going to be leaving in um, 2024 and there was no, like, I could not really see a plan after, but 2026, man, it's just, it's just amazing. So many more trophies to be won, so many more memories to be made with Jürgen Klopp. And, like, he's, he's now up there with, like, our greatest, our greatest managers, to be honest. 
Uh, he, he will forever be remembered. Like in my opinion, he deserves a statue outside Anfield, or even like, or even a stand should be named after him at this point. He's uh, he's agree. made us he's made us believe again. He's like changed everything at this club. To be honest, we went from uh, eighth uh, failing club, uh, not really achieving what we should be at, um, for the size of this club to the best team in the world, pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree, mate. And yeah, it was just incredible how like that news lifted my mood and like you know I, after, for that after we won in the semi final Champions League as well. I think, and then on yeah. top of that, we had the links with the other players as well, which we'll get into. But just it was such a good morning after such a such a great performance and results. Yeah, absolutely. And Connor, what about you, mate? Like, where was you when you read the news? And yeah, did it lift your mood just like it did with ours? I had um, I had a very busy night the night before, and I was doing a lot of uni work, so I I, was, I went to bed quite late. And um, I woke up the next day to uh, to a call, and it was a call from from my mates who I've known for years now, and we've been we've obviously grew up together watching Liverpool. And I just heard him singing, "I'm so glad that Jurgen is a red." And I went, and I went. Come on, you know we've we've, we've been through this now. What what's why are you calling me? He goes, have you not seen the news? So I go, no, I've just woke up. And he goes, oh, Klopp signed the new deal. And instantly, I shut up out of bed and I ran straight to my PC. You know, my, my phone wasn't near me. Obviously, I had my phone on me, but I was so shocked about it. And it was, you had that sort of thing in the back of your head that he loves the club. You know, you, you'd, you'd think he'd stay, but you just didn't know if it was going to happen. And for not just him, but all his staff to stay on as well. Yeah, it, it, it's a great it's a great time to for it to come out as well, especially when we're pushing for, for the quadruple, which we're still obviously all dreaming about. Yeah, it, it's come at a great time. And, and like, like, like I said earlier, it will have a massive impact on the next three or four years with, with new players coming in and, and players staying on. And obviously, like like Dylan said as well, this this Salah contract, I think we will see now because of the re reedition of Klopp. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, you make a great point, and that's a great segue into the next topic. Players coming in, um, you know, in that same article written by Paul Joyce, there was a couple of players mentioned that Liverpool are supposedly interested in. One of them being Aurelien Shuamani, and the other one being Jude Bellingham, and I feel like out of the two, the one that seems to be uh, more dominant in the media and that people are talking about the most is sure many for this summer, at least. Um, and, you know, like you say, I think Klopp will be a decisive factor in these players coming to us because we know that there's a lot of clubs after sure many. I think Real Madrid want him. There's a few reports saying that they're not in the race now, but, you know, I still wouldn't count them out. Um I think Chelsea were looking at him at one point and now apparently, according to Fabrizio Romano, Manchester United are interested. So I feel like in terms of him and where he goes, it comes down to two or three factors. One of them being, do you want to play games and earn a, well, not play games, but play every single game and earn the highest wage? Because if so, you know, obviously Man United is probably the club for you, but then you're not going to achieve much. Um, especially in the state they're in now? Or do you want to come, be part of a project, still play a lot of football, because we know how much Klopp rotates the midfield, and compete for all the big trophies in the world under the best manager in the world and still get a very, very good wage? And again, like we say, I think Klopp's going to be a huge role in that. Um, so we haven't had a, uh, a podcast since this news came out, so... Guys, uh, Dylan, do you know much about Aurelian Shuamani? And if so, do you see him being a fit for us? To be honest, I haven't researched or heard much of Shuamani outside of Twitter hype. <laughs> but um, he does seem to be a favourite on the platform right now. So I'm just going to take their word for it, to be honest. Um, but if we do get him, I will be very excited. It just Again, it's, it's another one of those uh, clock purchases, just those... People that are about to explode, not spending yeah. too much money, not really heard about worldwide. Like compared to like, that's why I think we will go for sure many over Jude Bellingham. Jude Bellingham's well known worldwide, and um, it's starting to become like his uh, starting to enter his uh, prime years now. But um, no, I, I think it's a great, great signing to be honest. And again, more depth in the midfield. More depth in the midfield is what we've been crying out for. And it's more quality as well for that midfield because 
of course, um, if, if we don't if we don't have that main midfielder for Binio, Thiago and Keita, we've got inconsistent Henderson, and then we've got Jones, who's also inconsistent. Milner, you don't know what you're going to get with him. That last game was insane. Like time before, he just hasn't been that reliable. Too many seems like a very reliable midfielder, and I think if we get him, I'll be very very happy. I agree with you in the sense that you know I, I've not really you know I, I don't sit here and claim to watch much Monaco games to be real. Um, maybe a couple Liga One games on a Sunday night because I know they put a lot on telly. But yeah, I've not watched too much of him. But he's certainly got a lot of hype around him. I've certainly got a lot of clubs wanting him and chasing him up. Um, all the top football experts say that you know he's one of the leading young midfielders in world football right now. I think he's twenty-two. Um, I think he fits the the structure the the transfer fees that we're looking at that sort of 50 60 million sweet spot that we seem to be going for right now again the wages won't be a problem um I've seen a lot about him since like in terms of scout reports and heat maps and you know clips of him and where he plays and where he likes to dominate the pitch and it looks like he he's a very good six but he can also play number eight as well so he's quite versatile in that and that would be massively helpful for us right Connor like a player that can similar to Henderson really he well Henderson's more of an eight and then he can play the six when needed like on Saturday but with sure many coming in it just adds to what I've already got right exactly. yeah it's 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 all about depth and it's so nice and it's uh we keep it right how good it is but it's so nice to see depth finally you know and there's players that we haven't even mentioned Today, the, the likes of Curtis Jones, the likes of Watson Chamberlain. I think if we were to get Shua Many or, or even Jude Bellingham, I think that is Oxford Chamberlain's time, unfortunately, at, at the club. You know, he's, he's given us great memories, but I think we, we all know the, the, the certainty of that, and it's probably the end of the line for him, which is a shame to say, obviously, but, you know, anything can happen. We've still got so much time before, before the transfer window. Thiago and Henderson, you know, they're the other side of 30 now, and, and like you said, Ben, he's 22. He's got three or four years to develop into this player that could be the next the next big thing. I don't think he'd have any trouble fitting into our style. Um, but like a lot of people have said, if you look at Henderson and Thiago's positions, with an eye to the future as such, I don't think that Shuramani would, would immediately come into to the side. And I think that's what he's got to think about. No, he doesn't want to hinder his progression. And obviously, I'm only I'm saying that from a point of view where it's like, I, I want him to be a Liverpool player, just like I'd love Jude Bellingham. But he's also got to think, out of all the clubs that are interested in him, where will he get the most game time? And I still think it'd be us. I still think, I think he was linked with PSG, Real Madrid and Chelsea. I believe there were three that I, I read uh, yesterday. Still think it should be us. I still think we have the best the best side for him to develop in. And I could really see him turning into a player for the future, you know. Another player we haven't spoke about, Harvey Elliott, one for the future for us. And I love what FSG and our transfer sort of progression and what we're doing. And we're looking ahead. We're not just buying players like some teams do, where it's like, oh, we'll have him for a year and a half, two years. He'll be he'll be unreal for two, three years and then we won't have nothing else going forward. And I think that's why... Uh, many will be a good be a good uh, transfer for us. But on the other hand, I would love to see Jude Bellingham play in England and and play in, in a Liverpool shirt. Spot on. Um, I feel like the Bellingham stuff, especially for right now, will be tougher because Holland to Man City is imminent. Um, we don't know actually in how close that is because obviously, um, unfortunately, Mina Raiola did pass away yesterday and I do want to send my condolences to him and his family because um, you know there's been a lot of stuff said about him on social media which I think is very harsh like fair enough you might think the way he did his business wasn't wasn't the the best at times but at the end of the day he's one of the most successful agents yeah he's one of the most successful football agents in the history of the game he's got a family he's got kids he's got friends so I think that, you know, a lot of the stuff that's been said about him is very wrong and, and cruel. But, um, yeah, I, j- I just thought I wanted to, to mention I think, that. I think, a de- I think a death like that in any sort of situation, you know, it's more important than football. Mm-hmm. I think when, when, you, when you think about something like that, you have, to, you have to think about, you know, 
every when you hate him or love him he has a family and like you said he has friends he has children like i'm not sure if he had children i, I didn't really didn't really um know much about him i knew obviously he had harlan and paul Popper and, and stuff like that but i think it's big it's you've got to think of the bigger picture it's more than football and like we said our condolences are with his, his friends and family but yeah, it will it will have a massive impact, and I think it will have a massive impact on Haaland and what he does in the summer, and and how quick his turnaround will be with, you know, with another agent. Because although obviously he's lost his agent, he's still got to think about his future and and what he's going to do moving forward. Yeah, spot on. And I was just alluding to the fact that Haaland may be leaving Dortmund, and if he does, um, I I don't see Bellingham leaving as well. I think. Dortmund only tend to lose one star player a season, replace him, and the replacement for him seems to be Karim Adeyemi coming in, which is annoying because we were linked with him. But, um, yeah, he looks like he's going to be a really good fit for Dortmund. I mean, they've got a sensational way of replacing their star players. They do it time and time again. Um, but that's why I don't think Bellingham will... Yeah, exactly. Um, but I agree. I think many for the price... Um, the wages, just everything, the profile of the player. I think it's just a match made in heaven. And we are seeing more and more uh, French journalists and more reliable journalists coming out and confirming our interest. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on it. And, of course, TAT will will bring you the, the latest updates. So make sure you have notifications on. And, um, yeah, just keep an eye out for those green circles because they they're coming aren't they they're coming uh, green circle season yeah. starts soon anyway and don't yeah. and and don't look at the Anfield talk with 2k's because <laughs> that was there was an Mbappe <laughs> an Mbappe decision, yeah report that which I can't actually you got me which actually yeah, yeah. got me for a second i almost put a very embarrassing <laughs> message in the group chat to see was this real <laughs> so yeah, report that, account for that. Sheet, please as a fake identity um that would be very helpful but dylan coming back to you mate uh it's semi-final eve of the champions league once again this yep. is the third time i believe we've been in this situation on the clock which is just madness um yeah how are you feeling mate do you do you feel like the job is is done or do you still think there's a game to a big game to play tomorrow uh, to be honest, our second leg performances, um, I know we're only looking at two this season, haven't actually been uh, that good. It's been like average or uh, by our standards at best. Uh, the one no loss to Inter and then uh, the 3-3 three, draw. Uh, just, down to, just down to complacency, really. If we can just get an early goal, then we can just uh, control the game like we did against Newcastle, in my opinion. It just I don't know about you guys. Does it feel real that like this time tomorrow we could be in like another Champions League final? Like it's three, three and three and four years is just surreal for this team right mm. now. And that and one year, of course, finals. The all one three finals we can be in. <laughs> um, the we had an injury crisis. Go on, Connor. No, I was just, I was just saying that, obviously, like you said, all three. We, we, if we win tomorrow, it's all three finals that we could be in this year. I think no one actually appreciates that, and the stigma that everyone has against Liverpool, and you know, the reason we're the most hated club. But you have to put into perspective: if we win tomorrow, we have reached every single final that we could achieve in one season. Mm. That's and crazy. no matter whether we win it or lose it, that is an achievement in itself, which shows our consistency and how good we've been all year. But no, sorry, then I just wanted to add that before I forgot that. Oh, because no, I've yeah, got it's that. all good. It's all good. But I, in my opinion, I think this this team right here is the greatest Liverpool side of all time. To be honest, we've lost three games all season in all competitions. One of them being like a dead rubber loss. Like we don't really care about that one, and still like. That quadruples in sight. Just imagine, like we're eight game, eight wins away from the quadruple, and like a city dropping points as well. Consider that. But um, yeah, I can't believe it. Another Champions League final for this team. I, 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 I just really think we're gonna win it this year. To be honest, I don't know about you guys. I'm very confident, mate. Um, I don't really. Well, we. I guess we can talk about the league a little bit, but I've got a strange feeling that both teams are probably going to win all the remaining games. Um, And I know that means we probably, yeah, we fall a point short, I believe, if that happens. Um, And if that happens, so be it. Like, 
people will say bottle, people will say, oh, they've done it again, blah, blah, blah. But the way I see it is back in, what, January time, we didn't think we'd be sat here a point behind City. Like, we were, what, 14 points behind? Yeah, we did and a podcast know... with us two in January. We said, yeah, it's yeah. out of, like, there's yeah, no yeah, chance yeah. now. Focus on the Champions League and look where we are now. Exactly, and look, I know people have all, uh, you know, they've been crying, saying, oh, they keep saying 14 points, they're not factoring games in hands. Well, in 13-14, nobody factored in games in hands. In 18-19, nobody factored in game in hands. So, believe it or not, we're now not going to care about game in hands. Yeah. The, point, the yeah. point gap was 14, deal with it. Um, and look, Have that, you haters. The yeah, ones that still listen to our podcast and like us. <laughs> exactly. We've crawled it back, haven't we? I mean, I think I saw earlier we've got 43 out of the last 45 points available, which is just ridiculous. And it would be cruel to not win it. But, you know, like I, I was I was just mentioning just then, if we don't, I'm still going to be super proud of this team after everything we came through last season to just instantly be back where we belong in terms of competing in everything. Because like Connor says, every single final, whilst also competing for the league title, it's it's not really like been heard of as well. Yeah, in at least in recent time. Um, but in terms of the game tomorrow, because I went on a bit of tangent there, um, I feel like obviously the players and the manager are going to take it super serious. Like you know, like you'd expect them to. Um, you know, Klopp made so many changes in the last game, which I think. <laughs> it's pretty obvious that it's going to be the first strongest possible lineup that we can play tomorrow. So I'm confident. I feel like we've already got one foot in Paris. Um, uh, you know, I just don't see a world where this team bottles a two goal lead against Villarreal. And, you know, all due respect to them, they've done incredibly well to get to this stage, beating Juventus, beating Bayern Munich. And yeah, now. It's a big difference. Exactly. And I, I read, it's funny you should say that because I read that Alberto Moreno was telling them that, that okay, guys, we've beaten Juventus, we've beaten Bayern Munich, but this Liverpool team that we're facing now is another level and we're proving it. Um, but do you guys have any nerves at all? Like, because every single Champions League semi, I was talking uh, to Connor about this before we start recording, everyone we've had so far, I have been crapping it all through that week. The whole build-up has been awful. Um, but now, tonight, I'm just sitting here relaxed as anything, thinking like, we are going to get this done and we are going to be in another final. But do you guys have any nerves, like, if they get the first goal or anything like that? To be honest, no. I, I hope <laughs> by our words are just unleashed by this. I don't know what it is. 2-0. Um, we've been so good at controlling leads and not bottling anything as of recently. If we just get that early goal in the first half, done. Like it's over. They're just that. That's all that I want the team to focus on tomorrow. Just getting that early goal, so we can rest players. More importantly, because there are still games ahead, crucial games ahead of us. Mm. But, um, no, I can't believe it. A Champions League semi semi final, and I'm like, I'm generally not thinking about. Generally not nervous. Not thinking about it. Yeah, Connor, you the same, mate. Super confident in this team. We've played 56 games this year and lost three. Um, and we've never lost by more than two goals. <laughs> I, think, if, if, I, think, I think, I don't think you really need to ask yeah. me anything else, really. That in itself is that. I know, yeah. And let's put, um, no, I, I'm very, I'm, I am confident. Like, like and losing said, by two goals earlier. takes us to extra time as well. It's not as though losing by two goals, like we're out. We still have that no. chance at extra time. We do lose by two goals. And obviously the away goals, obviously no away goals, and that's been a that's been a good factor this year as well. But exactly. no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not nervous. I obviously, if you ask me tomorrow, uh, if I if I join the space tomorrow and you do it, and you ask me at seven o'clock, maybe I will be a little bit, maybe, you know, because there's always a sense of anything can happen. Football is football, and and but just how good we are at the moment and how good this side has been, there, there's not much really. There's not much that. I believe could could stop us winning tomorrow. So no, I'm I am I am I'm quietly confident. But don't ask me at seven tomorrow because it, it might be a little <laughs> bit different. Yeah, I was going to do predicted lineups, but I don't I don't think there's really much point because we we like I said we know from the players that didn't play against Newcastle they're all going to come back in. Um, but yeah, do you guys have anything to say about the team that could play tomorrow? Anyone that you, you that might be surprising that you think will play, or do you just think it's literally straightforward with Ali Roblo if he's available? Yeah, no, I want Simicast to play 
um, before now, to be honest. Like Newcastle, I said I wouldn't mind if he played. Um, the first leg of this, I think he could have easily played. Um, but yeah, I mean, Klopp's obviously trusting Robbo to get the job done because he's the best left back in the country, if not the world. So yeah, I agree. But yeah, anyone else like what the centre back thing? Where do you guys stand with that? Because Ibu's getting a lot of praise right now, rightfully so. But do you think for these games, John Matic comes back in? He hasn't lost in a Liverpool be... shirt. Think of it that's that way. True. Canate yeah, hasn't yeah, lost in any game that he's played. I think. Uh, he, Matip, again, come in Saturday and was very good. And, you know, to have that rotation is, again, we speak about it a lot. It's phenomenal to have that. We haven't had that for a while before. I think Canate starts for me. I think he starts in any big game. Um, I think he starts in most games now to the run-up at the end of the season. He definitely starts for me in the FA Cup final and he definitely starts in the, the Champions League final if we get there. I think there's other games where you can play Matip. I think, we, you know, make no mistake about it, there's other games for the rest of the season that Canate can be rested. You know, I think he could probably be rested against Villa, possibly Southampton. But, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what Dylan thinks, but I think Canate and, and Van Dijk, they're, they're the two that start for me. I think what Klopp's going for is Canate in the Champions League, and he has generally been one of our best best players uh, this knockout stage. And I think if we do win the competition, he's a serious contender for UEFA Defender of the Season. Canate, I think he's. Uh, I think uh, Klopp's enjoying having him in the Champions League and then rotating with Matip when it comes to the uh, Premier League, Premier League. So I'm I'm fine with that. Canate can start tomorrow. Uh, I don't know about you, Ben. Are you uh, happy with that, or are you gonna make any other changes? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm happy with either, mate. It's got to that point now where Canate has proven to me he can play against anyone and I'd be confident. He's just got that, that he's just a beast like, physically and he's got the pace. He can play a ball as well. Like He's not bad with his feet. Um, you know, he, he can dribble, he can bring it forward. So he's got all the, the attributes that tick the boxes for me. Uh, Midfield-wise, um, so what was it the weekend? It was Hendo, Milner and Naby. So obviously I, I could see Thiago coming back in, of course. I think that, that's a given. Um, and then I think it's probably going to be Fabinho Henderson. And then maybe, I don't know what we'll do against Spurs, actually. We I really thought that far, <laughs> but I, I, I think, yeah, I think he's going to go with his trusted uh, Fab, Hendo, Thiago, but I, you know, it just wouldn't be a surprise if we did go NFT, um, and I wouldn't be against that in any situation. But front three guys, what, what are you saying? Because obviously Mane has been incredible um, up front this season uh, when he's been asked to, and then obviously like um, one of you, I can't remember who it was, alluded to at the start, Luis Diaz coming in and just being absolutely incredible. Um, and obviously Salah is just Salah. So were you guys expecting? Jota's not really had that many minutes although he played at the weekend but do you think it's Diaz Mane Salah or is it something different for you look that's our go-to front three at the moment I think yeah um, I agree that, yeah, that is just... our best best front three they all accommodate each other well no weak links Mane links up really well with Diaz and Salah and, they're, they're, and Diaz is just an incredible form at the moment I think that's our front three to go to to be honest Connor do you agree mate is that our front three that uh, we're going to have to stick with I think you could play Minamino, Origi, and Kai Gordon, and I think they'd still they'd still make an impact. Um, no, obviously I I, we, I read your tweet earlier. Obviously you said who who we didn't see at training, and obviously there was the report about Firmino uh, still not being fit, which is a shame. Obviously we haven't really seen much of him recently, but no, that that front three has been remarkable. Um, Mane, Salah, and, and Luis Diaz. Name a better January signing in recent times and I think he has to be probably the best January signing across yeah. the European leagues. Um, but then even the likes of Jota. I mean, how many goals has he got this year? And and there's, there was a lot of talk about him not making a big enough impact in games. That's why he's not starting. And, and possibly people are correct when they say that. But still, to have that option on the bench and I believe I read earlier that Origi's out anyway with a virus, so he's doubtful, which will be a shame because we won't see much of him before, mm. you know, the talks of the talks of AC Milan. But like I saw on Twitter yesterday, it will be an Origi 120th minute winner if if it does go the the distance. 
Oh, the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, me, me, me and Ben, me and Ben were discussing this earlier before we started the pod because obviously we had a little bit of time. We were saying, you know, neither of us were comfortable until Rigi scored that goal against Tottenham. And I've seen so much on my TikTok and so much on my Twitter of moments where Rigi has been exceptional and and has done things for this club. And we don't really, we haven't really spoke about it on the podcast because it's not really, it's not a, a, a definite answer, a definitive answer yet. It would be yeah. he's done a lot. He's done a lot. He will he's the biggest go. I think we've ever had like exactly. Culture and he is so underrated. Mm-hmm. He's exactly. very underrated. He would go and do what Tammy Abraham has done at Roma. If he gets the Milan move, and and so be it. If he goes, and if that's what he wants to do, he will score goals in that league, and he will score goals oh, for exactly, Milan. Yeah. And 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 people undermine him and look at him differently because he's playing behind five players who are world-class. Shota, Mane, um, Salah, Diaz and Firmino when Firmino was fit and was fully match fit and everything. You know, you're, you're behind five players there and you very you struggle to get a look in. But at a different club and at a different standard, especially at Milan, I think he will excel and people will start to realise just how good he can be on his day. Because even in Belgium, he doesn't really get a look in because you have the likes of Lukaku, Carrasco and, and, and people like that. Yeah, I agree. And whatever happens with Divock, and it's pretty confirmed that he will be leaving in the summer, you know, we'll miss him. And, you know, it was good to see he's got, he got his goal the other night. Um, but, yeah, it, it will be a sad day, no matter how much he's played this season or how little he's played this season. We'll thank him for the memories and a lot of things wouldn't have happened without Divock, especially the Champions League. Um, so we'll always be grateful for that. But um, yeah, we've got so much to look forward to. Champions League still intact. FA Cup final, which again, we haven't even spoken about today much, but there will be a podcast for that near at the time, of course. Um, you know, we've just got to keep believing, keep taking it game by game, keep hoping that City drop points somewhere and that we are ready to pounce, which I believe we will be. But yeah, guys, thank you for listening. If you've made it to this point, please uh, make sure you're following us on TAT. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, put your notifications on so you never miss a, a podcast. And to Connor and Dylan, thank you boys for joining me once again. Appreciate your time. And um, we will see you guys next time to talk more about the best club in the land. So take care and we'll see you soon. Thank you, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.